morning and welcome to HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumter. Stacey, where are you? I'm home this week, which is sort of nice. It's a little bit warmer somewhat here in North Carolina with sunshine today. So, um, But I will be heading out tomorrow to Chicago, which will be cold, to do another uh, Cornerstone Converge event that I'm speaking at. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a home week. I decided that I couldn't travel too much this week. We're launching the HR Tech Survey this week. so. Oh, so so tell me about that, that you're launching the HR Tech Survey this week. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. So everybody, and please, I actually just got an email from someone saying, are we going to get spammed again? <laughs> so um, we do have a lot of organizations who support the work that we do, the annual HR system survey. So people will start to see from various organizations the um, link. It's a month earlier than usual because we know that the HR Tech Conference in Las Vegas is a month earlier, so we need the extra time to analyze the data. Um, and this year, um, we're, we're excited. The, the data is going to be collecting information about not just some of the traditional stuff that we've collected on, such as things like you know the adoption levels of HR technology and what percentage of organizations are in cloud. I know everybody thinks they're there, but that we probably have about 40% who still aren't in the cloud yet. Um, but we're also asking things about like the various ways organizations, like the percentage of adoption. In other words, you know, how effective are you at using your HR technology versus just how many people are using it? Um, we're asking this year some interesting questions about um, implementation best practices, so how organizations are managing their implementation efforts. Um, and we're also asking this year some new emerging technology questions, such as things about machine learning, uh, blockchain technology, and uh, robotic process automation. So we should have some fun stuff this year coming out of the survey. Wow. Wow. So the Sierra Cedar survey steps into the future. It does. Yeah, we try to. <laughs> but we don't ask about it until everybody else, you know, at least is talking a little bit about it because it's got to be mainstream. That um, We think that's important to make sure that it's not just stuff that's uh, out in the ethosphere. So. <laughs> Got it. Well, I'll be excited to see the survey. So, so if I was a vendor, how much time should I set aside to fill out the survey? Well, if you're a vendor, if you're a uh, person, uh, this is not a vendor who take this. This is actually the um, oh. buying community. So this goes to HR, um, IS managers, shared service managers, heads of, of small companies, the CEOs who are interested in their HR technology process, anybody who's at that sort of middle ground between HR technology and HR processes generally takes the survey. So we usually have somewhere in the range of two to 3,000 individuals who are like that who take the survey. Um, the No one else gets a chance to sort of have a say except for the buyers in this one uh, research effort. So uh, it's all their voices. Oh, rats. Okay, yeah. well... <laughs> Well, sometimes if, get if, some of the vendors a little nervous, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it, it, it should. I, I mean, the, the the survey, this is the 20, is this the 20th or the 21st? 21st year. 21st year. 21st yeah. year of surveying the state of the user community in HR technology. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's exciting. We, I, you know, it, every year we we do it. I, I, I'm I'm blown away by the amount of people who are excited by it, who are invested in it, who um, believe in the research that we're doing. Um, it's a real community effort, and and I I'm I'm honored to be part of it. You know, and Lexi Martin was the one who started this off 17 years ago, 21 years ago now, but. Um, I think it's it's amazing to think that there's a research effort that's lasted this long and continued to hopefully add value to the market. So, 
Yeah, that's great. Well, and I have some news too, which is that uh, Gina Kelly and I are doing the masterclass in the Human Capital Marketplace event again on the 29th of June in Princeton, New Jersey. Um, oh, that's, that's really that's, exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gina and I have been working together on this for for years, and it is a this is primarily for. Uh, people in the vendor community who are trying to figure out the way. So, so new people to the business or uh, startups who are coming towards the business. Well, a, a number of big companies send their product management teams to sit in on the class and we cover all of the aspects of HR tech. So you can see how you feel the role landscape, who the major players are and what they offer, who the major sources of influence and market persuasion are and how you deal with them um, all in a all in a day which gives people an orientation to the business it's and that a, is a, so so needed yeah i mean I, people don't realize i mean a lot of times on briefings and you probably do this as well which is why you and gene probably came up with the session we'll spend as much time educating particularly newer vendors or new product design development people about what's happening in the market as they'll spend sort of giving us insights into their technology. So this is great. People have an opportunity to get it sort of all in one day, at least to start on it, right? Because you can't really get all of it, I would assume, at once, but to start on it. Yep. So that, that watch for details. We'll, we'll be talking about it in social media, and there'll be a, um, um, a reservation forum on the HR Examiner website by the end of the week, first part of next week. Uh, but I'm excited yeah. to do it. It's a big yeah. adventure. Busy, so it's so we're busy, and you're home this week too, right? So you're not traveling this week. You're not in any. Well, well, I am this afternoon. I'm headed just down the road a little bit to the Workday Tech Summit, which is which is oh. in Sausalito. So it's not really traveling, but it's a, you know, it's another couple of hotel nights, even though I get to drive there. Yeah. Uh, well, you'll have some, I think, interesting news next week then from that event, kind of the updates on where they're heading, right? Hopefully. Hopefully, it, it, I, I love I love this particular event because they, because they get it focused, they get it into a day, and they wrap some fun around it. Um, and um, the place they hold it, which is which is the old Fort Baker at the foot of the Golden Gate Bridge, is just it has the most amazing view of of downtown San Francisco that I think you can get anywhere. I've had some very nice pictures from that event uh, and that location, so I will miss it. But tell everybody I said hi. Um, and there's lots of news going on in the market this week, so it'll you know you guys will have a lot to talk about, obviously. <laughs> oh, good. So what's what's the bail bag? Well, it's you know a couple of things that I think are sort of on that edge of what's happening in the HR tech space. Um, I mean, obviously the Mark Zuckerberg and the Congress interview has been on the minds of many of us. I know I was listening to it yesterday with my mouth on the floor in some cases about the questions that were being asked. Um, but we also have stuff going on in the HR tech space. Um, there's an organization called Vetted that's launching what they're saying is the first AI-powered HR deep neural network platform. Not sure if I completely agree with what they're marketing here, but we'll we'll ask you. Um, Everybody's the first. Everybody's exactly. the first. Actually. Everybody's the <laughs> Everybody. first and only, and nobody ever else ever figured this out. 
Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So they're doing that along with the close of their Series A round of funding. Um, we also have some update on what's going on with Paycom. So it's a couple of different things going on with the Paycom organization. So Paycom does core HR, a uh, little bit of talent management, as well as a little bit of workforce management. And um, primarily in the, in the very small and uh, very uh, mid-market, depending on how you rank that. Um, but they got both a very good um, ranking on their um, stock market pricing right uh, because of their um, the way they came in this quarter with their revenue numbers, but also they're opening up another office in um, New York, the Rochester area. And so just a little bit about them growing, I think, which is interesting to see. We also have some interesting information that we didn't get to last week, which was on WellTalk. Um, announcing a $75 million funding. Uh, you had a great story on the wellness market and whether or not you think it's valuable now. Um, and then if we have some time, we also have some interesting news from the assessment space, both Outmatch and Shaker Virtual Tryout, which is Shaker is probably, Outmatch and Shaker are probably two of the most well-known in sort of the technical space around um, uh, candidate assessments. Um, both of them are basically launching new, what they call fast assessments. Now, we can talk a little bit about whether that's good or bad, but both of them are, are sort of pushing this idea of fast assessments. Um, and then a new report came out this uh, week um, about uh, Verizon doing their um, big sort of annual what's happening in the cybersecurity space market. And they basically said HR departments are the, one of the biggest targets for cyber criminals kind of a scary thing for us. So there's some data there if we've got time. Um, but you want to talk a little bit about this artificial intelligence startup vetted? Have you have you ever heard of them before? Um, uh, I, I have I haven't I haven't heard of vetted. Um, um, and it gets it gets pretty difficult. One of the things that 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 happens in the startup market is marketing and sales are sort of secondary concerns in the beginning. And and this will sound a little counterintuitive, I think, but, but in my, from my point of view, a product isn't done until you get the marketing right. Yeah. Um, and marketing is, is largely, how do you distinguish this product from some other product? Right? And so when I, when I see a, a, um, a, a press release that says somebody is the first this or the first that, what I immediately say is, well, they don't know very much about the market, do they? Exactly. Um, yeah. and, and, and it looks like a marketing fail to me to, to make a claim like that and go trumpeting it from the rooftop. It's just, it's just ignorant. Yeah. Um, that's a little strong, you know, but, but, but I get so <laughs> tired of the lack of imagination that's associated with the volumes of money that go into the, go into the marketplace. I, I just, I think it's sad. Well, and, and, and it is an, an immense amount of money that's going into this, right? And and I know I went to their website, and I had a hard time trying to figure out what they did, which we've had a couple of these type of organizations, you know, that we've talked about. Now, the one thing that they mentioned here, and I thought maybe you could give us a little bit of insight in, is that they do deep neural network platform. Is, is, that, a, is that a differentiation from what else is out in the market, or is that just another series of terms being used for the same thing? Well, well, so 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 the basic categories of statistical tool that's being described as AI. How's that for a bunch of conditions? <laughs> you, you know, I, I don't really think there's anything like AI in the marketplace, and I think that yeah. all of the all of the claims to be 
being artificial intelligence is hype because what what this mostly is is extraordinary data modeling and um, a lot of correlation between data models and when you have tons of ability to process and tons of ability to store at very low prices then you can do an extraordinary number of calculations and if you do an extraordinary number of calculations you can make statistics do all sorts of magic tricks um so so that's that's what machine learning and natural language processing and that's sort of two variants of that same thing which is that you can you can do a lot of math on text um, and learn a lot of things by doing a lot of math on text. Neural networks, I, I, so, so, so this will be an overly simplistic explanation. People who really understand what they're talking about will be mad at my characterization. But the way that I think of it is, is you make a model of everything, and it's like a big net, like, like a net under a trapeze, under a trapeze yeah. and then you put stuff up on the trapeze and you swing it back and forth and eventually it falls and it bounces around the net till it finds the place that it fits <laughs> and that's what that's, a neural net does right yeah. that's how that's how that's basically how photo identification works is you make models of everything and then you and then you do enough calculations so that you can figure out where this next thing fits into those models of everything. Uh, now, now I don't know what you would do um, um, in HR with that. I mean, there's basic customer data and there's all of this, uh, all of the social data, although we should probably have a conversation about whether or not the font of social data is about to dry up. Um, um, uh, but, but there's, a, there's a lot of data out there and you can build models of people with lots of data. And so I assume that's, that's what they're going to be doing. But when you, when you read their claims about what they're doing, geez, if you took all of the buzzwords out, all you'd have are verbs. Yeah, exactly. It's very, very buzzwordy. There's no doubt. <laughs> you, you know, and so, yeah. so, so, so I don't know what to make about this. I'd love to see a demo uh, yeah, because exactly. because I am paying attention to what's going on in the in the AI space. But I am I am saturated with repetitive nonsense, and this looks like yeah. That. And 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 even though it's a lot of buzzwords, I mean, they still aren't getting money. I mean, they're getting you know 1.5 million dollars from um, a veterans commitment group that did. Part of the, I guess the people in the Silicon Valley who have been part of the process, and they're getting some other money and other series funding. So they're these, you know, these type of sort of tests, almost to some extent, that we can sort of we're trying to create something that's that's usable, but we don't have a name for it yet, right? Um, are going on all over the place. So it's not just here. So it'll be interesting to see on the. Opposite end, someone like Paycom is an organization that has truly started with a purpose, very specific about what they're getting um, and what they're doing for organizations which start out in the payroll space and start out in the very small business payroll space and automating a lot of the implementation processes, which has made them very financially sound. Um, they're an organization that's just continuing to grow. Their numbers are good. They're opening up another office in uh, Rochester uh, sales office. Um, I was surprised to see that they had already had 47 different sales teams, you know, in different areas nationwide. I know they work all across all 50 states, but 
you know, this is going to be an interesting dynamic, I think, in the market, all of these very small niche sort of startup organizations. And then you've got some of these big um, long-term organizations that have just been sort of steadily moving step by step forward um, and are, are starting to really make big gains in the market and Paycom is one of them. Um, have you had an opportunity to see the Paycom product at all previously, John? Do you, uh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I've, I've talked yeah. with them from time to time over, over the years. And this is, just as you say, this is um, an example of how the industry is going along its own path, growing and developing in spite of the fact that Silicon Valley style firms get all of the attention. Yeah. So, so, so Paycom, I, I would, I would um, describe Paycom as a slightly better integrated ADP. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at, and, and that their market, I bet they compete with ADP. Nose to nose in a lot of places, right? And ADP has this kind of broad sales force distribution because the truth about HR and recruiting in particular, but HR in general, is that it varies by region. What's important varies by region. It varies by what's in the workforce, um, what the educational infrastructure looks like, what the industries look like, whether or not the industries involve safety. You know, all of this stuff, the local manners, local customs, local culture, uh, make HR a different thing. And so so when you have a company that actually serves lots of customers, they don't have a single office. They have multiple outposts. Uh, And that sort of distributed model, you know, that sort of in the local area model, right, seems like it might be heavy to support. But I find that, you know, they also really have that sort of high touch, but with a lot of technology supporting it. So it's the sales that's distributed, but the services, when I've talked to Paycom in the past, one of the things that they do very, very well is their services are very, very centralized and, you know, very processized. So it's it's a very standard process for how new organizations come onto the system. Um, they've uh, automated a ton of the things that, that oftentimes get done manually in other sort of implementations, which makes it much easier for the these very small organizations to get up and running quickly. Now, that's a big part of it, particularly in payroll. Yep. I think there's another thing here, which is that um, um, if you come from, if you come at this business as if you are a software provider with venture financing, which is one model, um, you can't afford to have white glove treatment of your customers. Yeah. Right? That, that violates the spreadsheet. <laughs> and so, 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 so companies that make a big deal out of being in the cloud and being SaaS and being latest and greatest software always have an extraordinary amount of pressure to reduce the cost associated with customer service. Um, it seems like Paycom is taking the opposite approach, and that's a pretty yeah. interesting way to build a business in the space and, and, yeah. and has more observable success than the software approach. 
Well, and then we can flip and talk a little bit about, I guess, the other side of this, which is taking wellness to that same model, right? Wellness has always been, and, and healthcare in general, has always been sort of a high-touch, pick up the phone, have a call, right? Um, WellTalk is a, is a wellness organization, software as a service, that just announced $75 million in funding um, for their Series E2 funding. How many down the road is E2 funding? I, I don't know. You know more about the funding models than I do, John, but I was like, what's an E2 funding? <laughs> um, but they're they're an organization that is figuring out new ways to basically put forward machine learning and um, technology within the sort of mobile space to give better access to some healthcare technology, helping people pick the best healthcare um, tools and um, programs, and some non-healthcare stuff, non-healthcare processes and tools. Um, this is a space that I know you and I have talked for a long time. Is this a space that you think is valuable? And, and is it going to see the same type of things as what we're seeing in like the payroll space as far as automating it will make it more, more sort of accessible to the smaller companies as well? You know, you know, I've, I've never, I, I got a funny story to tell you, but, but, but I've never really believed that wellness was a thing. <laughs> and automated wellness just makes my head hurt. Because <laughs> um, all I can imagine is I'm sitting at my desk and I get a constant stream of nags to stand up and walk around. <laughs> that's that, that's one that, that I it, keep turning off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I get this picture of my mom with her hands on her hips, going, "You need to get more exercise." <laughs> so, so, so that's my basic uh, impression of a wellness system. But I was in the grocery store the other day. And I'm standing behind this guy. Um, you know, it's Northern California, so the guy is the guy is um, in kind of a motorcycle outfit with dreadlocks and uh, you know a week's worth of beard, and 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 he is getting this incredible discount. It's my favorite grocery store. He's getting this discount, and I'm getting impatient because I want that discount. And and just as I'm about to ask why he gets the discount, he leans over to the cashier and says, I want to thank you so much for telling me about the wellness program. <laughs> so, you know, I perked up as like, this is staged for my benefit. Um, and, and she sort of grins. He goes, yeah, I can't believe how much the company cares about me. When I don't smoke, they give me credits towards discounts on groceries in the grocery store. When I take a walk, they say, boy, the wellness program has been incredible. I feel better. And, and here I am getting all of this discount on my monthly groceries. Thank you for telling me about it. And, and I went, hold it. That's not my mother nagging me to go take a walk. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> That sounds like kind of like a wellness conversation to me. And, and so, 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 so I started to have a glimmer of faith that you might be actually able to do something interesting with, by helping the people in your company become better at being themselves. Um, and, and that may be a better way of thinking about what wellness actually means. And so, so I don't know if you can automate that or not. Nagging. I understand how you automate nagging. I'm not sure I understand how you automate um, um, feeling better about yourself or doing things yeah. that make you feel better about yourself because it, 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 it might boil down to a to-do list. 
But if there was a way to deliver real life-changing insight that would result in conversations like the one that I witnessed, man, I'd be for figuring that out. It just never dawned on me that it was possible before. I think we should mark this date on the calendar, the date that John was converted to wellness and engagement applications. <laughs> no, 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 no. engagement there? Just wellness, <laughs> no, okay. No, 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 no I, I still think that that, that, that engagement is voodoo. Ed. Okay. <laughs> well, in the areas of where we agree to disagree, I mean, I actually, that doesn't surprise me at all. And I think part of it is, is, is understanding the behavior of people, you know, giving someone an extra $400 in their, you know, a year in their paycheck sounds like it makes sense, but giving them some sort of incentive that by doing something and then you get sort of a discount on something, you'd be surprised by how much that sort of, you feel like you're getting something. It's it's the coupon mentality for those of us who understand that that basis and the and the sort of vested interest in, in things. Um, it doesn't surprise me at all. And I think there's a lot more that we could learn on the behavior-based models around that. Um, but I love that story. I think that story is exactly what we can create in HR technology if we do it with the idea towards helping people become the best of who they want to be and not who we think they should be, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, that's the big shift there. Yeah, that's 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 exciting. I love that story. We're we're gonna document that story in some way and put it out there for you, John. <laughs> <laughs> I think that 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 gets that's, a that gets a write up. Um, that, also, that's, <laughs> no, I was gonna shift onto a new topic. So if you have a comment, right. you might want to make it. Nope. <laughs> Nope. I was actually going to, because I mean, I think not that the wellness space and the assessment space are connected, but they sort of are in this idea of assess yourself to being the best person or the best, you know, fit you have for a job. Um, the other two big announcements this week were, um, well, in the last uh, couple of months that we've seen was that Outmatch um, is, has announced that they're doing some new stuff with their assessment tools. And we're also seeing Shaker um so for those who know Shaker Assessment, they do sort of virtual tryout, job tryouts, and they're also announcing this week that they are doing um, high velocity. I'm not sure what that means. Virtual job tryout increases to velocity in candidate selection with new offerings. Um, now, I know what Shaker does because I understand that Shaker does basically sort of simulated environments, um, not just you know, check a question options, but like fill in the blank type of here's how I would respond to this and this, you know, customer environment or in this manufacturing environment with very sort of not quite VR, but but that kind of immersion level um, conversations and their assessments. But they're, I guess, creating ways where you can take those tools and now without having to do months and months of of development, just take something off the shelf and slightly tweak it is what I think it sounds like. They're going to get it out there faster. Does that make sense to you? Do you think that's even possible in, in many of these spaces? Well, you, you know, you can always take something off the shelf and tweak it. Whether or not it's useful is, 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 is a different question. You'd need to have data to see whether or not it was useful. It's an interesting experiment. Um, and, go ahead. Yeah, and I was just going to say, Shakers, I've always found they've been very, very careful to make sure that the work that they're doing is very validated. So, I mean, we'll have to get more details on this, but I, I can't imagine they would do something that would be too far off the mark from that. So. Yeah, but now if you go back to the outmatch thing, where this this is one of the one of the the areas where I get a little troubled about what's going on in the business. So outmatch says, 
we have an assessment process that will help you do assessments faster. And I go, wow, is that really what you want the HR and recruiting function to be a place that makes quick judgments about people? Uh, I'm I'm not sure that's a good thing. I'm not sure that I'm not sure that the market doesn't really need something that makes it take longer. Well, uh, and I think that's one of the major metrics, right? Is time to hire? Is is that sort of playing on that metric then? Well, uh, it is playing on that metric, but you know that metric is that metric is awfully deceptive. The the working notion in the industry right now is that the failure rate in recruiting is fifty percent. Wow, that's a lot. Harvard Business Review documents mid 30% range dissatisfaction with hiring decisions a year after the hire, right? Which is which is about the amount of time it takes to know. Um, and that's just the employer side of that. That doesn't count the employees who are dissatisfied with the choice that they made, right? So, so, so it's pretty easy to get from 35% to 50% being everybody is everybody or some party of the equation is unhappy with the hiring decision a year later. Um, and, and the idea that what you want to do is go faster with a process that's that broken. I, I'm not sure I buy that. I'm not sure I buy that at all. I, I think, I think what you need is to install feedback loops that really work and wait to see what happens before you speed things up. Well, and that, that might actually be the, the biggest issue these days, which is those feedback loops that oftentimes require sort of human intervention with management and senior leaders. And whenever, and, you know, the one thing I did catch when I was at, you know, the, the greenhouse conference um, previous week was the absolute frustration throughout the room of how much people struggled with dealing with hiring managers and particularly hiring managers who kept sort of putting off the sort of hiring decision. Um, being a hiring manager myself, I get that. I understand, you know, that, you know, it feels like it's a, it's a lot of extra effort when you are hiring people inside of your team. Um, but yeah, that was pretty visceral throughout the greenhouse event. Um, and every time I, I, I sort of see streams from the recruiting space, right. Is the hiring manager time. Is this part of the, the feedback loop requires you involve the hiring manager, right? Yeah, well, it's it's a weird thing, isn't it? That that recruiters feel comfortable, and, and, and this is a broad brush thing. I probably shouldn't should, should find a smarter way to say this, but, but the idea that hiring managers who are the customer are the problem that's frightening. That's <laughs> just frightening. <laughs> that that and it's institutionalized in the recruiting community from my perspective. The idea that the hiring manager is the problem is institutionalized. And and recruiting is really it's more than an administrative function, but it's a staff function. It makes recommendations that the hiring manager follows. So if the hiring manager is uncomfortable and slow, it's an indication that they perceive risk. Yeah. Right? That's, it's an indication that they perceive risk. And if they're perceiving risk and the server is telling them to hurry up, this is this doesn't end well. <laughs> yeah, what, probably one of the best presentations I saw last week was by the head of recruiting for ESPN. And I wish I could remember her name, but I, I can't remember her name right now. Um, but she was so good. She did a presentation on 
dealing with hiring hiring managers that you were scared of or that you couldn't communicate well with. And it was all about exactly what you're talking about, really getting to understand your business, being, you know, coming to the table with options and helping them understand what you're trying to, you know, achieve, not sort of flipping the tables and saying, we just need to push them faster. And I thought that was, that was a really, uh, you know, human type of way to look at this issue. Right. What a fantastic thing. I am so glad to hear that. I, I, I don't think I, I get much time to hear about people who think that what you need to do to solve the hiring manager problem is is work with the hiring manager. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Very much so. Instead of doing faster assessments. Well, we've already gotten through our 30 minutes, and we haven't even got to talk about Mark Zuckerberg and what the future of social might be. I guess we'll have to table that till next week, right, John? <laughs> Oh God! Well, well. Did you see it? I watched some of the testimony. Did you see any of that? I listened to a little bit of it, and at that point in time, I I was hearing questions like, "Well, what's the difference between ISPN and Facebook?" And I was like, "Oh man!" <laughs> I I felt for him in many levels, but I also understood, you know, that there were some people asking good questions. So. <laughs> Well, well, and and it's seeing him. Get the tape and watch him because because he, to me, appeared to be scared to the point of being angry, and so so he was wooden and stiff, and every every single every single movement that he made was studied. Um. Um, and and he he appeared particularly emotionless, um, and so so I think that that while the questioners looked like idiots, and they did, um, um, he didn't do anything to help himself. Yeah. yeah. Right? Well, and, and I when I was listening, it sounded very much like a lot of the briefings me and you take. Right? You know, these are people who were you know granted they're they're smart in their field but this is an area that people have not we've been talking for a long time that you know the technologies outrun the regulations right to some extent right exactly yeah. um and, and and that's the circumstance the technology has outrun the um, um <laughs> i read a review of it that said uh, it was it was a conversation between the people who run the company and some pol- run the country and some politicians <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> that's that's actually kind of great. Yeah, <laughs> that's fabulous. I I think on that note, um, yeah, that that probably felt that's what it felt like to me very much. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so so with that, thanks for doing this. This was a, this was yeah. a great call. Thanks thanks for rearranging your schedule to get it done. And yeah, thanks. Mark. Um, uh, thanks everybody for listening in. It's, it's been great to have you with us this week. You've been listening to HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumpter, and we'll see you here next Thursday. Bye.